What's up, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of Note to Scene. This week, we got new music from While She Sleeps, Architects, a radio rundown, and a deep dive on Mod Sun's rise from scene drummer to potential breakout star. You can listen to the official Note to Scene radio show over at 94.3 The X in Colorado every Saturday night from 8 to 10 p.m. local time. If you want to check it out you're not in the area, you can download the station's app. Just search 94.3 The X in the App Store and tune in this Saturday. If you have any comments, questions, or requests for deep dives, email me at notetoscene at gmail.com. All right, let's get started. So While She Sleeps released a new song titled You Are All You Need. It's the second single from their upcoming album, Sleep Society, which is due out April 16th. Wasn't overly impressed with this track. It really just culminates as a run-of-the-mill modern While She Sleeps song. Better than their first few albums, but pretty indistinguishable from what they've been putting out over their more recent records. Now, with that being said, I was actually able to listen to the record in full this week, and there are some fantastic moments on it. They have Derek Wibley from Sum 41 on a song, and it is a complete ripper. While She Sleeps fan will absolutely love this album. Plus, the band is creeping up on a million monthly listeners on Spotify. They're currently at 856,000. Around a million is kind of the threshold to break the top 10 metalcore bands in the scene. Lots of fluctuation has been going on around the bottom between bands like Under Oath, Fit for a King, Wage War, and August Burns Red. So we'll see where this new album puts While She Sleeps in a little over two months, but they're looking like they're in a pretty good spot right now. In other new music news, Architects have released the fourth single from their new album, For Those That Wish To Exist. This one is called Meteor, and it's actually one of my favorites on the record. I got to listen to it a few weeks back, and this one instantly stuck out to me. I love the mix on this album. Everything in it punches so hard at just the right moments, and what's even more wild is that the entire album was produced by Dan and Josh, the band's drummer and lead guitarist. My only complaint on this song is that I wish they decided to just play a flat beat through every chorus like they do on the intro and the final one. The ones before that have a handful of accents and stutter fills thrown in over a halftime interpretation, but the song starts and ends with a perfect four on the floor straight lace beat that I think serves that massive lead riff perfectly. But it's just a minor note. Sam sounds incredible, and like I said, that lead riff gets lodged in your head so deep it's impossible to get out. We're just a few weeks away from this album, and I cannot wait for it to finally come out. The band is still rising in monthly listeners on Spotify, just under 1.9 million, which makes them the second biggest seen metalcore band on Spotify right now. When they first dropped Animals, they had around 700,000 monthlies, and they're going to clear 2 million by the time this album is out. I cannot begin to explain how successful the campaign has been just off that alone. Now we're just a couple weeks away from Architect's biggest album of their career. Alright, on to this week's radio rundown. Our all-time low tracker update has them at number 21 on Top 40 Radio, up over 17% in plays. They're at number 4 on Alternative Radio, actually up over 6% in plays, and number 64 overall on the Hot 100, which is up 5 spots from last week. Like I've said all along, let's keep these radio plays up and the rest is going to take care of itself. Next week, we might have all-time low inside the top 20 on Top 40 Radio. MGK and Black Bear move on to number 13 on Top 40, up over 9% in plays. 
Number three on alternative radio, up over 5% in plays there. And with that, the song jumps to a new peak on the Hot 100 of number 25. At this point, it looks like it's a safe bet for a top 20 on the Hot 100, but we'll see what happens from there. Also on alt radio, we have Nothing Nowhere jumping from 27 to 23, up 17% in plays and making a solid splash a week before his album drops. Mod Sun and Avril Lavigne jumped to 37 on alt radio. We're going to keep a close eye on that one. I got a good feeling about it. Asking Alexandria is sitting at number 8 on rock radio, up over 7% in plays from last week. Bring Me the Horizon's Teardrops is at number 13 and up over 5%. Architects, unfortunately, take a bit of a drop this week from 16 to 18, and they're down 6% in plays with animals. I'm not worried, though. A little fluctuation is 100% normal with new bands on the chart. Hopefully, next week, we'll be back to seeing increases in plays. All right, so on to this week's deep dive. Where do we even begin with Mod Sun? He's easily one of the most interesting and underrated artists to ever come out of the scene. From starting out drumming for screamo bands to ditching the scene for his own brand of stoner hip hop, only to revert back to his roots and have the biggest moment of his career as we speak with a pop punk album. Nobody has had the trajectory he has. In two days, he's going to release his new album, Internet Killed the Rockstar, and put himself in a spot to potentially become a breakout star. But how the hell did we get to this point? Modson's career started when he was 17, and he began playing in the post-hardcore band Four Letter Lie. He drummed on two of the three full-length albums the band released during their time together, Let Your Body Take Over in 2006 and What a Terrible Thing to Say in 2008, both of which were released on Victory Records. I've always had a soft spot for the low-level post-hardcore bands from the second half of the 2000s. The genre had hit such a saturation point at that time, it was so difficult for bands to gain any ground. But bands like Four Letter Lie, Love Hate Hero, Before Their Eyes, A Kiss for Jersey, Broadway, where there wasn't anything inherently special about their sounds, but they just knew how to write solid hooks. No matter what musical taste phases I go through, I found out that I will always end up back at ground level with that era of bands, and really it all started with Under Oath, They're Only Chasing Safety. But when Mod Sun says he was a scene kid, he isn't lying. That dude cut his teeth touring the country in a van, making barely any money, playing low-level shows. Over the course of the roughly three years that Mod was in Four Letter Lie, he played shows with everyone from A Young Pierce the Veil, Devil Wears Prada, Dance Gavin Dance, Skylet Drive, and tons others. Dude was in the trenches during the tail end of the glory days for the scene. So after Four Letter, Mod left to pursue a solo career in hip-hop, but in order to land his first tour, he joined Scary Kids Scaring Kids to drum on what would be their farewell tour and open each date with a set as Mod's son. We mentioned this last week during the Scary Kids Scaring Kids dive. But before his first shows as Mod's son, he actually dropped three entire mixtapes in 2009. Two while he was still in Four Letter Lie, and one after he was out. He dropped his debut tape, All By Myself, on January 31st, 2009, and it actually has some of my favorite mod songs ever on it, like Dylan and the second half of Do I Seem Confident, just kind of lo-fi samples and instrumentals that mod serves the beats for really well. You can tell he was just learning how to deliver bars and formulate a flow, but I was a big Gym Class Heroes fan, and there were moments that took me right back to the first time I heard the paper cut chronicles. Check out this clip from Do I Seem Confident? 
take a dream from a tree rod to BC. Luck makes friends with chance and opportunity. Oh, rock, comfort, keep rock till it hurts. This dance I was working, whatever make it worse. Go chase comfort, keep chasing till it hurts. Humble info, I got the research. Put your mind into everything you choose you wanna do. In front of everyone, it's a walk for you to break through. The ones that make it to the other side remain a few. So sleep off yesterday, cause today will remain a new. Take a step back and take a look where I'm Another cool thing about this tape was that both Pat Brown, vocalist for the fantastic and incredibly underrated neon band Sing It Loud, and Kevin Scaff, who was the vocalist and bassist for Four Letter Lie and later joined A Day to Remember, both have guest features on Mod's first release. Kevin's hook isn't the greatest, in fact it's pretty rough, but Pat Brown can pretty much do no wrong when it comes to hooks, so you know he nailed his on I've Retired. Check out this quick clip. So after I'll Buy Myself, he released his second tape, Let Your Teeth Show, in June of 2009, still before officially leaving Four Letter Lie. This tape was actually how I found Mod. He took out a full-page ad in an issue of Alt Press, and back then, whether it was from interviews or ads, I found bands from basically memorizing every page of AP every month. And I just loved the vibe of the ad. I don't have it with me here in New York, it's back home in Indiana, but I remember it was a different shot from the cover of the Let Your Teeth Show tape with him on a Schwinn bike and ape hanger handlebars and a sissy bar on the back of the seat. My dad collected Schwinn bikes when I was a kid, so I grew up riding them around and I'll always have a soft spot for them. And Ma was just wearing this checkered shirt with baggy khaki shorts, long socks, and skate shoes. I was full Hot Topic scene kid at that point, but to watch him go from Four Letter Lie to this was really interesting to me, and I, for some reason, I just instantly gravitated towards him. There was also that quick era of backpack-type rap from 2009 to 2011 with Mac Miller, Chitty Bang, I mean shit, even some B.O.B. songs that was going on that I really got into. And I wasn't the only scene kid either, they were actually selling Mac Miller shirts and Hot Topic back then. There was some crossover here, and Mod Sun kind of helped make it full circle for me. I didn't like this second tape as much as the first one. He experimented more, and he missed a lot more than he hit for me, but he was still finding himself as an artist at this point. After this, he dropped his first truly solo tape, How to Make a Mod Sun, and I was 100% in on this one. He sampled Owl City's Fireflies and Miley Cyrus's Party in the USA on two separate tracks, and they were literally the soundtrack to my summer that next year in 2010. After that, on January 15th, 2010, which was actually the first date of Scary Kid's farewell tour, Mod dropped his first EP called The Hippie Hop. Two things about this one. One, Mod is literally the only dude to ever get Pat Brown and Static Selecta on the same release, which I think is one of the smallest, literally smallest, yet coolest scene footnotes of all time. And two, the song Pat Brown is on, The Path Less Traveled, is easily top five Mod songs of all time. The hook is absolutely ridiculous. Mod serves the song perfectly in a pocket that he finds that just absolutely nails it. And it has this fantastic instrumental outro that goes on for a few minutes at the end of the track. Take a listen. Nobody like this kid, 
let no one else do exactly what he is He refers to me, me, my son Been looking pale, come get son And they ask why I do this They say be clear It's cause when I'm gone My words will still be here And believe it or not That's all I care about So over the next five years, Mod self-released two more mixtapes and two more EPs. My girlfriend and better half, Misty Frederick, was at ground zero for this era. She found Mod Sun around 2010 and didn't look back for a good while. She has graciously agreed to come on the show for this episode to reminisce a bit about those glory days. So Misty, <laughs> explain to me how you found Mod Sun. Right. So I went to see the summer set in 2010 at Beat Kitchen. I had to remember what it was. It was Love at the Beat Kitchen. Venue. And they were, so they were playing for the summer set, but Pat Brown was playing with Modson. And I loved Pat Brown. I loved Sing It Loud. So I was just super interested from the get go. And then he started playing and I had seen Down with Webster a few months before that. Opening Down with for Webster. Yeah. We it, are digging up all of the scene culture here. So, yeah, Down with Webster opened for Cute is What Aim For that summer. And then I had seen Modson and I was like, oh, this is kind of the same vibe. Pat Brown's involved. I'm into it. And so that's what got me into him is <laughs> pretty much just Pat Brown. <laughs> Pat Brown and a quick sidebar shout out to Down right. with Webster, right? We love Down with Webster. All right. So explain to me what it was like being a Mod Sun fan in what year is this? 2010, this 2011? Is 2010. Yeah. So I okay. was pretty super, super Mod Sun from 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013 is when it started to fall off. But it was it was wild. It was crazy because he played with a lot of the local artists that sh- like of Chicago, and so he played with a lot of these smaller up and coming rap groups and things at Reggie's and Bottom Lounge. And so I was just super into it, and it was just such a wild time because he was the only person who was preaching this like I want to say preaching, but he was preaching positivity and happiness, and that really spoke to me because I you know you're in high school and. All of the bands you listen to are, like, super emo and super, like, feisty. And then there's this guy, and he's like, let's be happy and, like, smoke weed. But, like, I was not into that (laughs) side of things. But he was super happy and super just, like, pumped and ready to live his life and excited to be alive. And it was so different from everything else in the scene that I think it just really spoke to, to me. And, and held me in. So it was just a time where I did a complete personality switch. And I was just this happy-go-lucky... My best friend put it as, like, a, a stoner <laughs> without actually smoking weed. <laughs> because I didn't smoke weed, and I, I still don't. But I was such, like, in that mindset of just, like, happiness and nothing matters. And if you're happy, your life is going to be better. And if something bothers you, put it in the bottom drawer don't worry about it, and then you'll have a better life. And so that's what I did. I put the negative thoughts down, pushed up the positive vibes, and my life was much happier because of it. 
And it was all because of Mod Sun. It was, it was all because of Mod Sun. And that's so crazy <laughs> to like, to say because it was all in my head. So it was because of him. But it wasn't just because he, you know, said to be happy. It was because he was honestly teaching me how to turn a bad situation into something positive. Right, exactly. So explain to me what the shows were like. Because they there's no way they were the same as your average scene kids shows, right? No, but but as I kind of talked to you about previously, I was always up front. So I didn't. I was like <laughs> You were a barricade warrior I was a for Mod Sun. Massive barricade warrior. So I didn't really get to experience like what was happening behind me. I just saw everything in front of me, which was just a lot of dancing, a lot of just like, you know, trying to rap as, a, <laughs> as like a child white girl like it was not it was not that but it was the shows them, themselves they were all full of it was not like a typical scene uh scene show so I don't feel like there was people who listened to these harder more emo bands it was all people who were into like this type of music and into rappers and hip-hop and I saw them open for g Easy at one point and so it was a lot of that type of crowd it was definitely not the scene. I was the scene crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so explain to me what the Mod Sun fandom was like, because you were at, if not the tippy top, very close to it. So were there other people? I know you mentioned to me that he held meet and greets. Yeah. So there, there, there was plenty of other people. There was definitely a lot of meet and greets at the shows or somewhere near the shows sometimes. But also he did this thing every Sunday on Stick'em, which was Yo, Mod Sunday. shout out to Stick'em. So every Sunday he would get on cam and he would chat with fans and you could like send him your number and he would call you. And he called me all the time. Like he would call me all the time. Because <laughs> I, I truly was like one of the top fans at the time. I went to every Chicago show. You know, we, I don't want to say he like, right right now he would not know who I, who I am. Like he would mm. not know. But back then I was so in it. He, he knew who I was. So he would see my name pop up and he would give me a call. And then he'd talk to me live on camera. And so people would recognize that sort of thing. And the, the friend base, not the, you know, we weren't fans. We were friends. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the friend base was just honestly a big ball of positivity just wrapped up. Like his entire personality was the front base. It mm -hmm. just pushed into all of us, which is wild to think about. <laughs> Maybe a little embarrassing, but not in like a bad way, but just, you know, it's crazy to think that someone was so influential who most of these people never met. Right, exactly. Did you see him at Warped ever? Yeah, I saw him at Warped I, t definitely twice, maybe three times. I can't recall if I saw, if saw him in New Jersey or not, but Chicago Warp Tour, and then I actually saw him at a Long Island Warp Tour in 2014, which was probably the last time I saw him. Okay, in 2014, so he was playing shows. I then. think it was 2014. I could be wrong, but I think it was 2014. All right, well, we're gonna get into that the post mixtape era mod son here in a second. But thank you so much for opening up your Pandora's <laughs> box of past scene kid knowledge. Absolutely, anytime. So after that mixtape era. Mod took a bit of time off in 2013 and 2014, but then ended up signing to Rostrum Records, 
Rostrum is really the house that Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller built. They signed both of them way before most people had ever heard of them. Mod was actually only the fourth act they ever signed, and ever since they've just signed a bunch of names that never really went anywhere, but Rostrum was a pretty big look for Mod in 2015, even if it was still just an independent label and not a major. That year, he released his first official full-length album, Look Up, in March. He had everyone from g Easy and Riff Raff to Travis Barker, MGK, and Black Bear on it. He even put MGK and Black Bear on a song together, and this was six years ago, back when nobody knew Black Bear. I was actually really into one of the singles off the record called Howlin' at the Moon. The hook in that song is just massive, and hearing it now just takes me right back to skating around that summer. But after Look Up, we fast forward to 2017 when he dropped two more albums, Movie and BB, both through Rostrum. These flew pretty far under the radar and never even broke the top 200. I actually listened to them for the first time this week, and they're actually not that bad, just nothing that stands out as breakout potential. So jumping forward to 2018, he put out two Lucys that again flew pretty far under the radar, but actually made a good number of Hollywood gossip headlines when he entered into a polyamorous relationship with Bella Thorne and YouTuber, I'm gonna mess this name up, Tana Mongu? After that universal breakup, Mod started a monogamous relationship with Bella. Then after they broke up, he started a monogamous relationship with Tana near the beginning of 2020. So although once Mod was signed and started putting out full-length albums, he didn't gain much momentum, but he did eventually end up entering Hollywood press conversations through his dating life. But surprisingly enough, he has been having the biggest musical moment of his career just over the last few months. So he officially left Rostrum and signed to Big Noise Music Group, which I've talked about a few times on the show. They kind of act like 300 Entertainment, not a major label, but tries to flex with the muscle of a major. John Feldman is their head of A&R, and they have everyone from Lil Dicky to The Used to that pop-punk band T-Mills formed called Girlfriends. But they picked up Mod after Mod had spent the last year or so shadowing MGK in his rise to major label pop punk success. Mod filmed tons and tons of video content for MGK's pop punk pivot, and MGK has kept him really close. Kelly recently released a 46 minute YouTube movie featuring him and Travis Barker performing songs from Tickets to My Downfall while other figures from the alt TikToker community acted out a storyline around it. But Mod the Sun actually did a ton of production direction behind the film itself. So that was how he stayed associated with MGK even through his most recent projects. But that brings me to what's happening in this wave right now. The snowball really started to form in 2019 when MGK dropped his song, I Think I'm Okay with Youngblood and Travis Barker. But honestly, it goes back way before that and every single string ties back to Travis. He's been associating himself with hip hop for damn near two decades now. And when our world laughed at the SoundCloud rap era, what did he do? He was out there working with every bubbling rapper he could and he still hasn't stopped. The amount of SoundCloud rap songs Travis Barker has been on over the last six years is absolutely ridiculous. But after MGK put out I'm Not Okay in the summer of 2019, that was a proposition and a ridiculously good one. Then he dropped another pop punk song about five months or so later called Why Are You Here, which actually isn't on his album. But after that, it was like, okay, there is something 
something here. So near the beginning of 2020, Travis launched his own label through Fueled by Ramen and Atlantic, and his first signing was a TikTok star named Jaden, who they're really just molding into a younger pop-punk MGK. Then there's Ian Dior, who came up through a different crowd, but has ended up near this wave of TikTok pop-punk. Girlfriends, the T-Mills pop-punk band, although not generating a ton of momentum, is a product of what's going on right now, absolutely. And next week, we have Trippy Red, who came up through the emo SoundCloud rap wave in 2015 and 2016. He's releasing his first rock album next week. Who plays drums on it? You guessed it. Travis Barker. And now we have at least one more name to add to the mix, potentially two. Mod Sun and maybe the queen herself, Avril Lavigne. We'll get to Avril in a second, but Mod is literally having the biggest musical moment of his career right now. How wild is that? Dude started drumming in a screamo band 15 years ago, spent the last decade pivoting to becoming a rapper, and now he's managed to slide perfectly into this TikTok pop-punk wave. Towards the end of last year, he released a single called Karma, and it is pure John Feldman pop-punk gold. I mean, certified banger. And when it comes to Mod, the only reason Barker isn't involved here is because Mod is a more than capable drummer to play these simple 4-4 beats on a kit. But one thing about Karma that I thought was hilarious was how similar the bridge melody is to Sing It Loud's Come Around. If you remember earlier in this episode, we talked about how close Mod and Sing It Loud's old frontman Pat Brown used to be. But after that, he dropped a more low-key single called Bones that has a killer melody in the hook, and that's the most notable thing with these songs. Mod is singing, not rapping, and he actually sounds fantastic. After this song came his most recent single, Flames, which features the one and only Avril Lavigne. And this is where things have gotten really interesting. Flames brought Avril back into the pop-punk hemisphere for the first time in years. I've been an unabashed Avril Lavigne stan since I can remember, and I've followed her song for song, album for album ever since. And it's been a minute since she was on a direct pop-punk vibe. Post Best Damn Thing saw her gravitate towards a more pop-leaning sound, whether it be power pop bangers like Rock and Roll and Here's Never Growing Up, or more ballads like Head Above Water and Warrior. We haven't really seen her with the old-school Avril sound since maybe Smile on her 2011 album Goodbye Lullaby. So this Mod Sun song is a big moment for Avril, and her fan base hasn't let it go unnoticed. I've seen multiple tweets with just clips from the song's music video with over 100,000 favorites on them. So far, this has been by far the biggest single for Mod, marking his first time charting on literally any Billboard charts. Right now, the song is currently sitting at number 34 on Alternative Radio, which is the first time Mod has ever gotten any radio play ever. It isn't on any massive Spotify playlist, but it's on a ton of alternative and rock ones, and the music video just broke 5 million views. And then, on top of the song's success, we have the obligatory dating rumors between the two. They've been getting quite a few TMZ headlines over the last few weeks, which makes me wonder who's getting those headlines landed, 
but Mod even went as far as to get Avril's name tattooed on the back of his neck. Honestly, when it comes to getting your partner's name tattooed, I feel like this might be one of the safest instances, because even if it doesn't work out, you still have an icon's name tattooed on your body that I'm sure had some influence on Mod at one point or another. But anyway, all of this to say, Mod's son somehow defied every odd and is having the biggest moment of his career in 2021 while dating Avril Lavigne. What the fuck? His album, Internet Killed the Rockstar, is out this Friday on Big Noise. As far as I know, there are no physical copies coming with the album drop, so that's gonna hurt him pretty big first week, but even just the buzz around Modson as a whole right now is a win in and of itself. Go cop that shit on Spotify when it drops on Friday. If the singles are any indication, it's gonna be full of bangers. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week, and thanks again to Misty for her deep scene commentary. If you have any requests for deep dives, email me at notoscene at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Notoscene on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please drop a review on iTunes. I'd appreciate it very much. Until next week, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. 